all my father, if this car cannot pass me from me, unless I bring it, your work will be done. See, it's incredible scripture because so often we speak about the incredible moment that Jesus went to, the incredible moment where Jesus was facing, you know, the, the cross because of us, because of the sins of the world. But as I read in the scripture this week, and I come from the scripture this week, there is the silence that I find from God. There's the dead silence. And for a moment, I thought to myself, you know, we put so much emphasis on Jesus' suffering and what Jesus was doing to get into it. And at least, don't get me wrong, I'm not living that. But this week, I sat for a moment and thought, imagine if I was God having to make that decision. And I think as far as we don't know what the best part is. You know, I think it's nails, much nails, twice. The third or fourth one, I think it's not that one. Not because we just know how to get out of here. But everything you know, most of us have one of the very best things. This is what we discipline, and this is what we constantly argue with him. This is what we constantly find in the direction. Not because we mean people, but we want the very best for it. And as I'm reading that scripture this week, I, I can see Jesus morning on his face, and I push myself as being a father, as being God the Father, you know, and having one of my kids come to me, and having to be dead silent on their bed. Now, just take a moment this morning. Take a moment this morning. It doesn't matter how big your son is, it doesn't matter how big your son is, it doesn't matter how big your son is, it doesn't matter how big your daughter your, your is. There comes this moment in history. When your father, Jesus, comes to me and says, Dad, is it any way possible that I don't have to go through the point of life to go But, he says, in the same breath, if it's what you want for me, I will do it. And it's still silence of God. It's not a word for me. It's not a word that comes from God. I think, for me, as I read the scripture, I've got say no song, but I almost felt in that moment that God almost had to turn his face. Because of the pain that he was enduring as a father. The pain he had to send his son for people that would just tank on the gospel. We live in a world of, of 7 billion people. A world that he died for 2,000 years ago. He died for every single 7 billion of us. And we look around the world and somewhere along the line we've missed of what God had to go through as the Father for us. Because you know what he had to do? Do you know what he had to do? He had to choose between Jesus and Jason. He had to choose between Lou and Jesus. He had to choose between him and Jesus. That was a choice that was in front of God. Yet we had this, this dreadful sinner called Kurt Sutton, and the little son had this perfect son that has just done everything that a father can desire, and he's just proud, and in that moment, he has to make the hardest choice of his life. He has to choose the rascal about his own son. And let me tell you something, he still does that every single day in your life and in my life. The only answer that Jesus went to when I was weeping. And I don't know about you, but when my kids cry, I cry. When my grandkids cry, I cry. 
Melhor falar, tá, essa anda vai ir pra ir pra ir pra ir, acho que tá mais um dor, se tem esse dor já. Nothing was to see your kids sick, nothing was to see your kids 
in a difficult situation, and not only his, you know, I've seen this. I remember many years ago, I went into a neighbor that I was speaking about. I, I um, was all lost and I was probably sure it was been But I must have been in ministry about three, four years. So a young pastor. You know, we had this boy in our church and his dad just bought him and him my father, my father. And then we had this little gathering in my life and this boy went down the street. And what happened is that the, the road actually was a dead end. There's probably about, I don't know, about six meters to the next road. And this kid hit that pavement, flew over six meters into your windscreen of another park. And I remember his mom and dad telling me, and I'm back to the hospital, and there was, I don't think there was one part of this boy that was blue and swollen. That I couldn't even see his eyes. And I sat there that day and I listened to that mom and dad cry, but more than that, I heard a prayer, a genuine, not just oh God, hear my son, but this, this groaning, this, this God, you can do this, and please, won't you do this for me? He's walking out of the way. Now, you know, in my kids, daddy, but that moment shifted something in my life. 16 years ago, shifted something. Because I still found something that the heart of a parent is one of the most powerful things there is. But I tell you something, you want to know what's powerful is praying parents. And I know as far as that, I tell about praying dads and everything like Praying parents. You know, the word God says, you can and agree on something on earth. It is done. There's a great thing to say, you know what, your dad, you can do this, you can do this, and you can you know, sort out, you can pray for your family. Let me say something, when you pray for your family, as a couple, things move. But when you're a single mom, when you're a single dad, I promise you that as you pray, I believe that every prayer that you pray for that scattered the heavens, and one day that just fell just closer. And God just starts to give us the desire of our heart. I challenged in this Father's Day for me. You know, the thing about dad is this that even with my dad, he was always a backup. Is my sister children. You know, if he didn't do something, well, we find that. If he couldn't do something, well, we find that. You know, because he could, he could fix anything. You know, he could do it all. And so, even if there was any problem, we find that. And all of a sudden, this year, we find ourselves in a place where we haven't got some other phone. And it's a challenge because that's not very bad. Very good. Now, you really need to be there. Because there is no one who fixes stuff now. You've got to fix the stuff now. You're going to fix the family, you're going to fix this, you're going to fix that. And that's a big wake up call for many of us. But there's more than this in the morning that I want to leave with you. And it's this, and I want you in this week to really think about and have an encounter and a moment with God. I don't want you to have a moment with religion. I don't want you to have a moment with church life. You know, we buried up the evil of my life, but it be possible. And tomorrow we. We bury, bury Edward and Cynthia's mom. It's hard. It's hard. But I want you in this week to have a God moment. I want you in this week to sit to yourself and say, God, go sit next to God for a season. Can I say that? Can I, can I say, can you just get that picture? I need you to sit with God this week. And as you sit with God this week, I need you to get heart towards you.
towards your family, it is hard towards your friends, it is hard towards the world around us. It's sometimes we miss that. We focus so much on the cross, but we don't understand that if it wasn't for God that allowed that moment to happen, the cross wouldn't have happened. If the cross didn't happen, where would you and I be today? And yet, we take the salvation that we have so lightly. Someone had to die that your world would be turned upside down. Someone had to be sacrificed for you to walk in the freedom and the anointing and the calling and the purpose that God has for you. This is not your life that you're living. This is your life that you were given at the expense of someone else's life. Amen. Someone else made a way for you. Someone else died on a cross so that you can walk in the fullness that God has for you. If Jesus didn't go to the cross for us, where would you and I be today? Where would we be? And we miss this. We miss this. Because God's grace is sufficient for us and we can do what we want to do. And our sins have been removed as far as these from the west. It's, it's got nothing to do with sin. It's got to do with the fact that someone paid something for me and I owe him everything that I have and everything that I have and everything that I will be and everything that I'm going to be. I owe to one man and his name is Father God because he made a choice of his son dying to give me life. When you wake up tomorrow morning, don't be downtrodden, don't be depressed, don't be anything. You understand when you wake up and you take your first breath, you say, Father, thank you that Jesus took his last breath, that I can take my first breath. In the new thing that God has for me, in the calling and anointing that God has for me. This is a serious thing, church. This is a serious thing. And let me tell you something, you guys know, if you don't know what it feels to lose someone until you actually lose someone. You don't know what it is like lose a mom or lose a dad until it happens. And when it happens, it pulls your heart out. I think when Jesus died on the cross and he says, Father, receive me into your kingdom, I think it broke our heart completely. And then Jesus got to me, but he put his arm around us and we talk. And then he looked up and down and looked at everything. And he said, Jim, Jim would be nice to check it. I know this is my boy. I know it was hard. I know it was painful. But you look what you've done for them. You know something I wish as a dad that I could grab myself out of one day and say, I know life has been hard. I know it's been difficult being a Christian and acting and walking and calling the purpose of God and, and being at church and, and trying and spending time with our most miracle. But you know, one day when I get up there, I'm going to put arm around me and say, good, I know you said the fast across the ministry. Come here, come here. Let me show you what you're saying fast across the ministry. And I hope that you push me over the balcony of heaven and I can just stay there with you and I can just live in people's lives and be touched and people's lives and be listened to and people that be prayed for and be healed and people that gave their lives to God and everything that we've been through in the last 20 years in the ministry or in the last 25 years as believers is going to be worth it. But I need you to endure. You know, in closing, there's one line that he says to the disciples there. He says, could you not even wait 
one hour from him. All he wanted, all he wanted from the disciples was to be committed to one hour of prayer for you, one deeper prayer. And you know what they did? The word says they fell asleep. They fell asleep. And let me tell you something, if you and I do not catch the heart of the Father today, we will fall asleep. And let me tell you something, I believe, I'm not your horrible, but I believe the church has fallen asleep. You know, we've got these restrictions that everyone's made in that only for people who can be there. We just need to do the same station, you know, of course. If there's something that's hard, focus on what the government said. Let's make the best of it. I said, do you think of that? I said, you know, the good part is we fight for little things. And God is faithful in much. And I think we need to focus, you know, not to what the sound of the beef, but focus to what God is going to in this moment. On Saturday, I've been in my for 20 years now. When I said my Bible was being I read that scripture, I just, I just, there wasn't, there wasn't the more Jesus pleaded. There was the silence. There was the silence. And I think often in my life, in our lives, when we trust in God, there's a little silence. We know the Lord we are. Is there no silence? We're almost like, God, we are you. I'm trying to understand the situation. Why am I waiting for you? God deserves what have I done? There's a silence. God, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to be bankrupt again. I don't want to be divorced again. You know, all these things. You see, what Romans 8 38 is a word that we read. It says, that God works all things for the good of those who love and believe in you. And you are called according to his purpose. I want you to understand this this morning. That every time you have a quiet time, I want you to remember the price that was paid for you. That someone lost his so that you can gain yours. And I don't know about you, but always think about this, you know, these, these organ donors. I don't know if my organs are any good, so I don't love you. But I just, I, I, I watched this program the other day where this, this guy died in a lot of our accidents and his heart was related to um, an alliance that was five years old and had heart condition. And, and his parents, the guy that died, met this young man three years after he received their son's heart. And as emotional as it was, do you know what joy was in that mom? Yes, they lost their kid. But they kid. And give your life to someone else. Come on. You life givers. Yeah. You life givers. Every one of your life givers here. Every one of you can change someone's life. Everyone can turn, so you can turn someone's life around. Yes, sometimes we're going to give our hearts. Sometimes we're going to give what we have. But let me tell you something that if one person lives to the fullness of God at my space, and I'm happy. Now I feel like I'm not appreciating something in now. <laughs> so can we say it? Yeah. Listen to us, you guys, you guys, you just, 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 you just